When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the 442 podcast. And today, Liam, we've got Super Sam Klukas, formerly of Lincoln City, Jerez from Spain, Hereford United, Mansfield, Chesterfield, Hull City, Swansea City, Stoke City... Ready to play now. Available. Come and get him as soon as you can. He's ready. But after the golf today, because he's a mate of Tom Huddleston's and Tom's told us he's a player. We've heard he's a player. Well, the pressure's Tom, on for the Tom's goal. Tom's the player, not me. I'm not so sure. He just drags me around. Not so sure, Sam. We'll soon see. But uh, <laughs> what a journey. Yeah, it's been an enjoyable one. Um, a long one. I'm sure we're going to talk about all the clubs that I've had. I've had a few there that you've just named off. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking for the next chapter now. Well, let's bring you back to the start. Lincoln City, you're a Lincoln lad. Played one game for Lincoln, is that right? Yeah, I played one game for Lincoln. It was in the Cup away at Darlington, I believe it was. Um, I think Peter Jackson was the manager at the time. Um, and we actually got beat and he got sacked on the bus on the way home. So that, that was my first introduction into the... Into the big into league. Into the big yeah. league, yeah. Just kind of making yourself into the first team when the manager gets sacked. Yeah, I actually played quite well in that game as well. And like really proud moment for me and my family, obviously rep- representing my hometown. Yeah. Um, really looking forward to hopefully play more games after that and then the manager came down the bus on the way home from Darlington and had a tear in his eye and said thanks and shook everyone's hand and that was it. Wow. And I thought, hmm, where am I going to go from here now? Well, you went into a Glen Hollows Academy, didn't you? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was lucky as well because obviously I'd only played one game trying to get another team. Previously was at college and working at Debenhams. And then went to Lincoln from there and played one game. No, no club's really going to take me from there. But there was a lad that played at Lincoln at the time, was the first ever player, I believe, to make it out of Glen Hoddle Academy and sign for a team, a lad called Chris Fagan. 
Irish lad, um, and I spoke to him and he mentioned about the academy and he said, don't want me to try and get you a trial because originally the trials for the academy were only for people released from Premier League and Championship clubs. Lincoln were in League Two, or the conference at the time, I can't remember, one of the two. So I won't be able to get a trial. So we actually phoned and spoke to Glenn direct. And I think I only got on the tr I only got a trial because somebody dropped out. We're not really an academy. We're a professional outfit that are coaching professional players that have been released. That's a development centre, really, to improve them. And I think that's the key to it. The academy means to me it's like another chance to get into football. And hopefully, develop my skills because obviously we've all been, been released from football clubs. So hopefully, coming out here I can develop on my weaknesses, which obviously I've got some, and hopefully get straight back into a club. I remember driving down to Bisham Abbey for the trial and my name was literally dead last on the list, like wrote in with a bit of pen, whereas all the rest had been printed. I went down with my dad, met Glenn and luckily got the trial. I was there for two weeks and got offered a two-year deal to go and move to Spain from there, yeah. Where could your story and career been without your mate ringing Glenn up and getting on? I'd still be at Debenhams probably. Actually, no, they're shut down now, I think, in Lincoln. Jesus. <laughs> Moments of life, isn't it? It fun. is. I mean, it's, what was your actual job in Debenhams? So I worked in a cafe Yeah. in the top. So I was going to college, Lincoln College at the time, playing football for the college team. Um, believe it or not, I was five foot seven, five foot eight. That's why I got released from Leicester. Been on so many trials. Everywhere I kept saying, too small, too small. So I basically just fell out of love with it a little bit. and gave up because it's out of my hands. They were all saying, you're good enough technically, you're a great player, but you're too small to move into the men's football. We think you'll get bullied out of it or whatever. So I was like, okay, there's nothing I can do about that. So I was just like, well, what do I do? Go to college, try and concentrate on getting something behind me, like education wise, and carry on playing football and see where it goes. And like I say, fortunately, I, got, I managed to get, again, a bit of luck. One of the coaches at the college um, team used to be a coach at Lincoln and they needed four or five Lincoln College players to come in and basically be mannequins for the first team because they had lo loads of injuries. So like the day before a game, you know what it's like when you come in and be mannequins for set pieces and stuff like that, defending. And I went in and was there for, I think, a week. And they said, Lincoln turned around and said, oh, we want him to come back and have a six-week trial from there. And that's why I ended up getting a contract through that way as well. So I was working at Debenhams at the time in the cafe, um, making sandwiches, clearing tables just to pay for my weekends, basically, to go out in, in Lincoln. <laughs> Which well, so is a good night, by the way, isn't it? It Lincoln. is a very good night, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a great night out, yeah. Never been out in Lincoln. You have? No, I've not. You got that fine when you went with me. We did, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> not for being out. What was it? I went down the wrong road or something. driving, because I said, you'll be all right going round here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My wingman. Uh, Spain, how did that happen then? What's that? Jerez, is that part of the Glen Oluca? Academy? Yeah, so I played for the academy for a year, which is basically just being like a full-time footballer, trained Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we'd play against B teams out in Spain and local teams so like Valencia B, Villarreal B and stuff like that, because they all have B teams out there. We'd play them on a weekly basis, just try and develop us, some really good coaches. Glenn was out there, Dave Bezant, Graham Ricks, people like that were out there every day training us, so we were getting really top-notch training. Obviously, south of Spain, living in beautiful weather all year round, on a golf course. Um, we was there for a year, come back, moved back to Bisham Abbey. Um, and then there was a team near where the, the base was in Spain, just outside Cadiz, called Jerez, that needed a few players. 
I know some partnership that got done with the academy and the team and they needed four or five players to go out there. So I was one of them players that got picked to go out there and ended up playing out there for a year and um, living in a house with four other English lads and playing out there for the for the Spanish team, which is really, really good experience to live out there for a year and play football. That was my introduction into men's football again, back out there and try and get my confidence back in playing at that level and just believing in myself again, because I've obviously been out of football for so long and playing against B teams and stuff. It's a bit like playing academy football. It's not as competitive when you go out there and you're playing for a team like that with actual fans and proper football. It's, it, it gets you back into the, into that routine again. Any good players you play against or since had a great career? Uh, I can't remember any out there, to be fair. I was just trying to concentrate and I'm just playing well and just trying to get a move back in England, to be honest with you, and just enjoying my time out there. And that's really where I got into golf, like a lot, because like I say, we're training in the morning. So we lived on a place called uh, Monte Castillo, which used to have some big major championships on there, five-star golf resort. And I was just playing every day out there in the afternoon. So really good experience. What's the lowest handicap you've had, Sam? Just off topic, before we go out this afternoon, we need to get this in. Well, I think my England golf went down to about two at one point, about a year ago before. Well, that was when I was playing a lot and I had a couple of good rounds chucked in there. I think I shot level par at Lemire, which didn't help. But that's my best ever round that I've never shot under par. What are you thinking, John? Oh, chap on the first tee. Absolutely. I've chucked some excuses out there. I've had the back hop <laughs> and I've had the shanks recently, so could be interesting this afternoon. We'll say that. I had one yesterday, don't you? <laughs> too late for that. But... Uh... So Glenn Hoddle, what was it like working with him day in, day out? Amazing. Really good coach, really good guy as well. Obviously, I'd seen that he used to manage England and everything that went on there and he's an amazing player. I never get to, got to see him play. But just being out there and learning, like I say, not from only him, but the other coaches out there that played at the top level and as well, I mean, international level, teams, just yeah. trying to listen to them, just trying to basically be a sponge and just take everything in. Because we're all the players out there were there for a reason. We'd all been released. So we'd all got things to work on. So all the players were out there were just either working on weak foot, technical ability, just trying to get better and get the confidence back because that's all it was for. There was too many players dropping out of big teams and not being able to get back into football and just going off onto and getting other jobs. And the academy was set up basically just trying to help them get back into get back into the professional game. So the academy was set up obviously out there. So what was the idea? Was it scouts and, and head of recruitments would go out to watch you out in Spain or would you come back maybe for a week's trial? Yeah, they'd have people there working, trying to put us out to clubs and stuff. Yeah. Um, and also we'd sign our image rights to them. So if you did get a club, they'd own your image rights and stuff like that. And okay. they'd try and make money from that or try and make money from transfer fees. I think one of the biggest ones was uh, a lad called Akechianya. I think he signed for Sevilla from there. So that was a big, that was a big one for them. Um, obviously, I think how it worked when I got my moves after when I made it back into the game, I think they would have got a percentage of the so, moves, but the academy was shut down by then, so right. they didn't get that. Because I think there was just basically running off people funding them. And there wasn't, because the, all the level that the boys were getting were usually conference levels and right. League Two, weren't paying transfer fees or anything like that, or big wages. So it was hard for them to make money. I think they were just hoping for that one big, one big, one big yeah, one big move, but it was, it was closed down by that time. So you came back home, Hereford United. Yeah. Do you remember your debut? Uh, no, I don't remember my debut, no. What do you not remember? No. So you're looking at me now thinking, well, it's all right, Liam's got the stats on this. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to come and tell me, yeah. <laughs> I have it, John. 
I haven't got the best memory about football. You know, do you know some people you talk to and they can just reel off games and games yeah. scored at that game. I've got like a handful of games. Well, Harryford, you played. You were there two seasons, fifty-eight games, eight goals. Yeah. Winger. Yeah, I was a winger. So I grew up. I was at Leicester for six years as a young lad, as a striker. Um, Left-footed striker. You score loads of goals. Obviously, got released. I was too small. Played locally, and then I started playing centre mid because I was obviously one of the better players at, at that level locally, playing at college and stuff. So they just put you in centre midfield. Played there, then went out to the academy, and they just played me everywhere. Really, like left back, centre mid, up front, left wing. Um, they actually got me into Hereford. It was between them and Barnet at the time. They both offered the same money, but to go and live down London on the money that I was offering, I'd have had to live in a tent on the side of the road, I think. So, <laughs> and Hereford offered me a house um, to live in. So I ended up moving to Hereford um, and signed there. I spoke to the manager and it was like really good. I, think, I thought it was a perfect fit for me. I was going to play more than I would do at Barnet. So I ended up going there and had a really good, really good time there. And that got me back into, into football. Had a diff difficult periods at times. Obviously, signing a player that's been out of football for so long. Got a few tweets saying that he's rubbish and shouldn't be nowhere near this level. Like I had one save that I put up on Twitter a few years ago where there was a fan that said, if he ever plays higher than conference, I'll eat my hat. And I actually tweeted it back out there when I got into the Premier League. Yeah, got a few nibbles, yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Do you see like negative tweets like that? Do you use them for the opposite of effect and like, right, I'll prove you wrong? Yeah, so I've changed a lot, I've obviously grown up, but used to affect me a lot when I was young because it's hard to ignore it. Obviously, I haven't been not been used to anything like that before. I just got back into football and then suddenly you're, you're thrown in it and you're going on Twitter after a game and you'll just have 10 messages saying, you're crap, you're useless, get out of this club or whatever like that. And then next game you'll go and score and they all love you. What a player, man of the match today. And then you get, I, I was guilty for it. I used to do it all the time. And I try and tell the young lads nowadays to stay away from it. I used to go on the forums and stuff like that. Just for a peek. Just, yeah, just because you just get bored and you just want to know. I think everyone's just trying to look for that, everyone being positive. Because when you do read positive things, it makes you feel good, you know what I mean? If you read something, but you're reading on these forums where players have never played professional football. Most of them probably didn't go to watch the game and they really haven't got a clue about football. So you end up just getting getting yourself down and putting more pressure on you on yourself. As I've grown up, I don't look at them anymore. Um, I know my family still do, which winds me up and I tell them to stay away from it. But with social media now, you just, the best thing to do is just stay away from just all that. Like I can only see tweets now from people that I follow, um, unless I go looking for it and type my name in and stuff like that, which I don't do. I don't go on any forums, I've not done that for years. I just concentrate on myself because if, if you're getting picked by the manager, you're obviously doing something right and he's the only one you really need to impress at the end of the day. There's no good to come of it, no. you know what I mean? And it's like you said, it plants a seed yeah. with yourself and it's only, it's only negatives that can come from it. Yeah, is it. But the young players nowadays, they've got to realise as well, there's a lot of people on social media from other clubs as well that, yeah. that'll come on and give you a bit of stick. Just for that reason, because they want a bite, don't they? Yeah. Loads of people do reaction. it, loads of people do it. I had, so many, I had so many problems at Swansea with it. Just people would message me after a game and I'd message them back and they'd be like, Oh, sorry, I'd had a few drinks. I was only getting you to nibble because I was with my mates. I yeah. think you're a good player. Even though he tweeted me the day before saying, you're rubbish, I hope you die on the way home, stuff like that. Honestly, I got some horrific ones, like just stupid tweets like that. And then you message him back 
and they just want a nibble. And then most of the time, the young kids, and if you message them back, you get 20 from the same school that message you, calling you this, that, ginger this, ginger that. Well, that doesn't affect me because my mum calls me that anyway when I'm in trouble, so. But until, until they do something about it, it's always going to be the case, isn't yeah. it? Because you've got people hide behind a, a false name, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Keyboard warriors, like you said, had a few drinks or whatever yeah. and having a go, so. It takes two minutes to delete your account, set up a new one. That's doesn't it. have no picture on it. It can just yeah. send negative tweets out. But like you said, I mean, especially young players, you know, they want they want to be loved, don't they? Yeah. They, want, they want to have that. That, that, that was me when I was young growing up. Like I said, everyone wants to be like that. I, there's nothing better than when the fans love you yeah. and you get you go onto a pitch and they're all singing your name. And like I say, you read the comments after you've scored two or three in a game and they're all buzzing off you. What a player. But football changes like that. Yeah. And you have two bad games and you lose two games in a row. That's it. They're on your case, like getting sold is rubbish. Now, like I say, I try and tell young lads now, the best thing to do is just stay away from it because no good comes from it. But which is hard because I'm sure people told you to stay away from it and 100%. you went on, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%, yeah. It's, it's tough. You're always inquisitive, aren't you? Yeah. You're always wondering what people are saying about me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, second season at Hereford, playing well. Mansfield come knocking on the door. £20,000 bid. Yeah. <clears throat> what was that like then? Because you actually got relegated in your first season at Hereford, didn't you? So you are in Conference North. Yeah, did, yeah. No, if we got relegated from League Two into the conference. Right, Mike. Got relegated in, into you're the You're going to love this, John. I'm going to get a bollocking after, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, I got relegated into conference. Uh, Mansfield were actually in the conference that year. So I played against them a couple of times. Um, we actually had a really good season with Hereford. Uh, I think we just missed out on the playoffs, even though we had like a budget of a bottom three. Um, played well that season, yeah. And then got the move to uh, Mansfield from there. Well, so obviously, I played against them, so and they just got promoted that year. They played some good football. Um, it was close to Lincoln, obviously, where I'm from. And it was just a perfect opportunity for me there, for me to go there, really. Hit the road, flying, didn't you? Yeah, started off well. Very well. I'll say for Christmas, were people looking at you again for another move? Yeah, I was doing well. Um, I say, just got that confidence back, just knowing that I, I was good enough to be back at that back at playing men's football and at that level and the more and more good games you play you start to get the confidence back in yourself and I am a good player like believe in yourself and I was like I said, playing well I was getting linked with other clubs um yeah at the time but I wasn't really bothered about that at the time because I just wanted to carry on playing football like if someone would have told me two years before three years before that when I was at Debenhams that you'd be playing League Two I'd have bit the hand off and right. probably been laughing so I was never like, I'm going to play in the Premier League, nothing like that. I was just taking it game at a time, just going out there. Um, something my dad always used to say growing up when I always used to go on trials and stuff was, you, you never know who's watching. So every game I used to go out there, I used to always say that to myself before the game, just to go out there and just play and just try and impress anyone that might be in the crowd. Always play like somebody's watching. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you never know what's going to happen from there. We had a good run. Five goals in six games from this winger. Great I played effort. up front a few times, actually. You're getting me, I'm making me look silly now, aren't you? Yeah, I played, a, a, yeah, I played up front as a big and small man. There was me and like called Matt Reed that played there. He's actually from around Stoke area. He signed for Lincoln. But yeah, I played up front for a few games for them as well and scored a few goals. But yeah, I really enjoyed my time there. Total 13 goals. 13-14 season. Mid-table finish, Chesterfield will come knocking now. Anybody else? Uh, Chesterfield. 
can't think. Why have you got some? No, I was just saying, the chat a chair's gone as well. It's all going today. <laughs> <laughs> so you set up a Chesterfield, but I was saying, is any other clubs interested? Uh, I think there was a couple, but I can't remember which ones. Um, but again, Chesterfield, just seen a perfect fit. I played against them that year. I think they was in that league as well. I think they got promoted. Uh, Paul Cook was the manager. They played some really nice football. Again, it was close to home. Um, the only one issue really with it was their rivals with Mansfield. Don't get on with each other. Don't get on with each other, which is the only sticking point really. But again, they had just gone into League One. They played really good football, um, and it was just like it was still close to home. I could still travel it, and it was just another opportunity for me to step up to that next level um, and go and play in, in League One. Like I really enjoyed my time at Mansfield, as I have every club to be honest. But for me, it was just to have that opportunity to move up to the next league, which again, I never thought I'd play in, was something that I just had to jump at. Well, we're coming to it at the moment, no transfer deadline. You actually signed on a transfer deadline day, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. Was it wrapped up early doors or was it last minute? So, last minute. So I think, if I remember rightly, when I was at Mansfield, we played Sheffield United in a cup game, which must, must have been like a day or two before the transfer deadline day. And I want them. I want them to play. The managers told me you're not playing because some bids been in for you. Um, we're going to sell you, so we don't want you to get injured. And then a player ended up getting injured in the first five minutes of the game, so I ended up playing majority of that game. Um, just thinking about my mind, don't get injured. <laughs> You've got a move coming here. We played against Sheffield United in that game, and then yeah, ended up moving to Chesterfield after that. So I actually started the season with Mansfield. Oh, the Chester fan, Chesterfield fans with you? They're okay. They're they're really good. There's more of the a few Mansfield fans. You obviously get the snake one. You get a few snake emojis sent in and stuff like that. But it's it, it difficult. Like You had to move, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, in my position. It? it wasn't like I was in the same league or I dropped down a league no. and gone to the rivals. It was, I'm moving up. Progression. Yeah, progression for me and my career and where, like, where I'd come from, obviously. Yeah. It, was, it was a big step for me and a major move for me. I'd imagine because of where you've came from as well, every opportunity to step up, you were going to grab it. 100%, yeah. And I was getting, it wasn't like I was 18 at this point. I was 21, 22. So it's like when you're watching the Premier League games at the weekend, there's people making a debut at 17, 18, 19. And you think, well, I'm five years, four years older than these and I'm only playing in League Two. I'm never going to get to the top. That's what you think. Yeah. You think it's a long way to get there. But like I say, every time I played it, a level and I was getting moves, it was just something that I had to, I had to jump at straight away, just, just to try and test myself more than anything at that level. Again though, 49 matches in your first season at Chesterfield, 12 goals, that's good going that, isn't it? So you're stepping up and making a step up every season here, aren't you? Yeah, I played a, played a lot of games, never used, to get, never used to get injured until I was 30, never had an injury until I was 30. But yeah, every time I stepped up, I always say this when I've done a couple of interviews before, it's just every time I stepped up, I felt more comfortable. I felt like it, I, the higher I got up, the more I found my level. Because I was a small technical player. I was a skinny guy and I was more built for the, te the technical leagues and the technical players. And the higher you go up, it's more technical. It's not as much as long ball. I know it's changed now. It's, it's not like the conference used to be years ago, but the higher I played up, the easier I actually found it, which is why I think I did so well at each level every time I kept moving up. So the Chesterfield move, did you know that was happening full on. So I know there's been some bids in and it's been accepted, but it's never done until it's done in football. It's, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Um, 
as I actually learned at, at Mansfield at one point, which is another story. But yeah, it was just, I know there'd been bids accepted and there's a chance there, but I was still a Mansfield player and I enjoyed my time. So I was just kind of, like I said, I carried on playing for Mansfield regardless and just what, what will be, will be if the, if the move, if the move comes to fruition, it comes to fruition. So I was just waiting until it got all cleared. And like I said, I was just a young lad just to be happy to be in that situation, to be honest. So until I get told I'm off, I'll well, just keep playing. We've already said first season at Chesterfield on fire, playing well, more clubs are looking at you now. Have you got an agent letting you know there's people looking at you? Yeah, so I did. I had an agent from the that I got that I signed with when I left the Glen Hoddle Academy, which was suggested to me by one of the um, coaches there. Uh, that's another story. <laughs> so I had an agent that I was with for from the academy until till Chesterfield. So I must have been with him two or three years. Never met him. Never so met him. Never met him. Honestly. He'd come to watch one game, it was a gap, I think it was Swindon away, I think, only because he had four or five Swindon players. Um, I won't mention his name, but I actually, on the, the story of the Mansfield one, so when I was going to sign for Mansfield, he rang me and said, right, you're going to Mansfield. Uh, he said, can you drive down there, meet the manager and sign the papers? He said, this is your wages, you're getting a signing on fee, which was, say it was five grand signing on fee. And your wages, I don't know, 800 quid. So I'm like, okay, are you meeting me there? Oh no, you just go and sign the papers. I've had them emailed over to me. I've checked them, they're all okay. So I got my friends to give me a lift, drove over to Mansfield, got in the office with the manager and the chairman. The agent not come in. I was like, no, he just told me to sign it. So I'm sat there, he gives me the papers. He said, oh, I'll give you five minutes to read through them. I've said, I've just signed from non-league. I ain't got a clue what I'm reading, to be honest with you. I'm just looking for the figures. Just I'm thinking if the figures are the same as what my agent said, I'm just signing it, whatever. So I'm looking at figures and it says two grand signing on fee, £800 a week. So he comes in, the manager comes in and he goes, everything okay with the contract? And I just want to sign the contract, to be honest with you. I'm not bothered about the money. I've never played for the money. If he was bothered about the money, I'd have given up years ago. Um, and I, was just, I didn't know what to say. He's like, is everything okay? And I was like, well, my agent's told me a different signing on fee. And he's like, oh, okay, what's he said? And I said, well, he told me it was five grand. And I was like, but I'm not bothered about that. And he said, oh, really? So let me give him a ring. So they've gone into the room next door. Only it must have been only being a thin wall because I can hear him. I can hear him on the phone to my agent and they're arguing. And I just hear the manager go, you know what? Deal's off, I'm sending the kid home. And I'm sat there like, just sat on my own. I'm thinking, oh, shit. So he comes in, he says, sorry kid, deal's up. I said, I can't deal with your agent. That's not what we agreed or whatever. Comes in, shakes, shakes me hand. I walk out, <laughs> my mate's in the car park waiting for me. Oh, is it all done? I'm like, I don't know what's gone on in there. I said, the, the deal wasn't the same as what my agent told me. He spoke to my agent, I could hear him on the phone arguing. He's come in and said, the deal's up. He's like, you're joking? I don't know, so what do we do now? I said, I don't know, I think we've just got to go home. So I go home, my agent rings me turn around we've agreed it it's this that we ended up going back and signing in the end and then after that i was just like i think i need to get a new agent yeah, i've never never met the guy he left me in a situation like that but then obviously when i was at chesterfield doing well uh yeah chesterfield doing well and i was getting linked with teams he was <laughs> trying to get me to sign a new contract with him and i was like no i've never met you like he was like i'll come and meet you now and i was like no it's not happening i said i've, I've met a couple of, a couple of other agents 
that I'm going to look into. So I'm probably going to move on. And then I ended up just breaking away from him now. And I've been with the agent I've been with now for the, for the last like eight, seven or eight years. We've got a really good relationship with. But that was my first introduction to an agent. I've never needed one like before that. Never knew what they did or anything. And that was my introduction to him. Well, really. not a lot really. This one, no. is it? Or this one? <laughs> well, I could walk, honestly, I, I know his name. I could walk past him now, bump into him, and I could you not tell, I would not no. recognise him. I don't know. But he was getting his money for nothing, wasn't he? Yeah. For God's sake. And it wasn't until you were creating that interest and yeah. all of a sudden there were some bigger clubs yeah. interested. Wait a minute, there's a few quid to be had here. Exactly. I'll come and meet you now. And it's just like chalk and cheese to Magic now. Because Magic now texts me before every game I play, after every game, rings me the day after, how did it go, whatever. This guy never texts me. I've scored, I scored I mean, five goals, I think, in one game at Mansfield in a cup. In St Albans, an FA, FA Cup game. Never 2013. Even just get the stats Thank right. Thank you, 2013. Never even texted me after the game saying, well, well done, done or nothing. No. And I was just thinking, like, what's going on here? He's, he's not but bothered that, about me. I know you've not named him, but that sounds like an agent. That, that's the type of agent that gives everybody else a bad name. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, my agent now knows who he is. And yeah. I think he's still an agent as well. So, whole city starting to proper move up the gears now. Steve Bruce. Legend yeah. in football. Yeah, legend, top guy. Did you meet him first before you signed? Uh, no. So that's another strange one. So I'd agreed, basically, I'd met another manager from another team in League One who wanted to sign me at the time. Um, spoke to them. They were trying to get a deal done with my agent. Met, actually met the manager in his house with my agent and was talking um, and was playing a pre-season game against Hull like two days after that. Um, so I played the, in, played the pre-season game and I think they were flying off to Austria like the day after. And I was just waiting to get this deal done with this other League One team with my agent. Um, day after my agent rings me, he said, we're getting on a plane, who want to sign you? After you played, I played well against them the, like the day before in the game. He said, Hull are coming, Steve Bruce wants to sign you. you you're, going, you're going to Hull. And I thought, like, what's going on with the other team? He said, no, this is a championship club, like a big club. Like you, you go in there. So I ended up flying out to Austria and meeting Steve Bruce and, and signing and signing out in Austria, which is obviously unbelievable because I was in the championship now, a, a massive club like Hull, and you've got players there, the likes of Tom Huddleston and players like uh, Michael Dawson, Jake Livermore, just players like that that I watched on TV for years before. And now suddenly I'm turning up there and I'm signing for them and I'm like, I just pinching myself, like, how have I got here? It was an unbelievable experience and unbelievable time. You've gone from Debenhams yeah. to Hereford, £20,000 bid, and now you got sold for 1.3. Yeah. Crazy times. Crazy times. Like I said, the money was, the money, I just stayed out of it, or the, the money, the transfer fees and stuff, never had nothing to do with me. I just stayed out there. I was just signed for that club and go and play football. Um, I actually had to do a... Uh, a thingy at Wembley, a tribunal at Wembley from, I think that was from, that bit might be from Mansfield. Mansfield, that was, that was yeah. the tribunal, yeah. That was another strange Because they had a 15% salon clause. Yeah, so I had to go there and sit in a room like this with like 15 people, like they were in a U-shape and I was sat here and they're asking me questions of how much that team, like how much Mansfield have developed me and how much do I owe my career and my move to Mansfield and stuff and then they all deliberate and, it was like I was getting grilled, honestly. It was a weird, weird experience down at Wembley. And then obviously they sort out the funds from there. But yeah, I'd gone from, like I said, the conference, we're working at Debenhams to 
Hull City in the Championship. It was just like, wow, like unbelievable. Just, and I was just thinking, I just need to get a chance to play and just try and keep my shirt. It was never, I'm going in there and playing. I was never like that. Every time I've got a move, I'm like, I need to prove myself at this, at this stage because I've not got, I just signed him from Man City or Arsenal where the fans were already excited about him. There's signing a young lad, pretty unknown from a league below. Fans are, I understand where they're coming from. They don't really get excited about them signings. No. So they, I'm coming in, I'm like, I've got to prove myself here. And I think I actually scored on my debut for Hull. You did? Yeah. And I'm just going to put some other players in them, that squad. Snodgrass, he went for big money. Abel Hernandez, he got 20 goals in your first season. Yeah. Curtis David. Davis. He was a proper centre-half, wasn't it? And Sean Maloney. Yeah. That was a proper team, that whole city. It had everything, didn't it? Unbelievable team. And we had Andy Robertson Andy there. Robertson, Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. Yeah. already mentioned Harry. Alan McGregor in goal. Them three were, honestly, one of the funniest dressing rooms I've been in with Alan McGregor, Snodgrass and Robertson. Three Scottish lads, just like brothers, just wind each other up, just pranks every day. Banter Central. Just Banter Central, honestly. And then we had Steve Bruce there, which is brilliant as well, just giving it the most enjoyable time I've ever had in my, in my career. The, the two years I had there were just unbelievable. Just a dressing room, just everything was just upbeat because we obviously got promoted to the Premier League. Like, I um, like to get promoted to the Premier League, it was an unbelievable season. And to play in the Premier League for a season was just something that I'd never even dreamed. I've never thought I'd get anywhere near that, to be honest with you. And to get there, like I said, it's just a dream come true. So you debuted for Hull against Huddersfield. You scored? Scored, yeah. Screamer or a tapping? Tapping, back post. Um, I think as good as a screamer. All, goal's a goal. Yeah. See, I, it's weird I remember some guy. I don't think I was playing that well that game either. And end up scoring. And then because you score, majority of fans think you play well, don't they? They don't take it on how many times you kept the ball or anything. Yeah. Everyone says they played really well. But in my head, I didn't play that well. But I scored. Just a get out of jail free card most of the time. But yeah, that kicked off my whole career really from there. And it was just on the up and just an amazing time. Like you said, you know, you know when you've played well, but scoring a goal on your debut, you can't get much better than that. It announces you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. Like I say, it helped me because I because I'm not a big name, playing with these big names to come in and score, just it helps me get that little kick up the arse and a bit of a boost to think everyone goes, Oh, he's actually scored on his debut, yeah, maybe he's maybe he's all right. Yeah, maybe he's scored. Let's give him a chance. He looks, he looks quite good, so it's a good start. Well, I've got a stat for you. How many games did you play first season at Hull? 48. 52. 52 games. So you got in the playoffs. And I get called injury prone now, you see. So, now so I get a bit older, I get called injury prone. Well, I play. Here's a stat. Listen, you know, we've already worked out. I don't get anything wrong. <laughs> 52 <laughs> games. Playoffs. Yeah. Shuffle Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. Do you remember it? Uh, well, one goal in it. Oh, the final. Final, oh, yeah. I remember the final, yeah. I remember the, the playoff game before that as well, the Derby one. We think we played them first leg and I think we were 3-0 up. I've, to be honest with you, we all thought it was done and dusted. And then we played them second leg and they scored two goals in like 15 minutes. And that was it. It was just squeaky bum time around the stadium and just nervous, hanging on for the rest of the game. But yeah, we played Sheffield Wednesday in the final. Actually really gutted about that because I didn't start. Steve Bruce pulled me and said he was going with more experienced players for the final, which I totally understand. So you played 52 games. Didn't start the final. Played in the semi-finals. Yeah. 
How did you take that? And when did he break it to you, actually? Because it's one of them, because you're a team player. You yeah. know, you've just said this is the best dressing room. You've got to still be professional, though, aren't you? But be gutted inside and ready I, to I'd go. take it, to be fair, I think I'd take it where I am now. I'd take it differently for what I took it then. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to play a final to get to the Premier League. You're still part of it. I'm still, I'm still pinching myself, thinking, mm. like, how am I playing, like, every week? in a whole city team, like with some big names on the bench, some big names that played international level. I'm playing every week. We've got a chance to get to the Premier League. Yeah, I'm not bothered. If we win the game, obviously if we'd have lost the game, I'd have probably been gutted thinking I could have... Could have been the difference. Yeah, it could have been the difference. But we won the game and I ended up coming on anyway, but it was just, I was obviously gutted, but it was just more, I just hope we get promoted. So you're more thinking of the team, aren't you? Yeah, because like I say, I was a young lad still. It's, and I'm not, Compared to them lads and people that were starting ahead of me, like I can't go in there and say I should be starting ahead of Snodgrass or anyone like that because they're full-time internationals and I've not done enough in my in my career yet to be able to say that. So I was just like, fair enough, I'll take it on the chin. Proper level added, isn't it? But also a team player. A team player. Yeah, and the, the manager knew, probably knew that as well. Exactly, yeah. Take it the right way. He's been a good manager. He's got so many promotions out of that league for a, for a reason. He knows what he's doing. And he was all, he's always been honest. Every time I played under him, he was always honest with me, which is, which is why I always say he's one of the best managers I've played for, just because the man, man. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Management side of it is massive, and he was always the best. Just honest, just honesty all the time. Like, he'd come and tell me I'm going with more experience rather than tell me something else and just feed me crap. He'd come and tell me... and. He'd be like, you're going to come on. He's, I think I remember him telling me I was going to come on. So I knew I was going to play a part in it. So as, as long as I got on the pitch and we won, more than happy. So you're on the pitch, biggest game in football with 200 million, three or four minutes left, probably can hear the old City fans giving it large. What's it like on the pitch then? Like, say, if Sheffield Wednesday got a corner or anything, and you know we're, we're close. Just give me goosebumps talking about it then. Yeah, it's... It's not, to be fair, it's a horror, it's a weird feeling because you're coming on when you're 1-0 up <laughs> and you're thinking, don't mess it up. <laughs> what a great feeling. Honestly, it's like it's you're in a bag. You can't get it out. I know, you can't. I, mean, I should be thinking, oh, come on and get another goal. But I was, he, Steve Bruce was just like, just come on, work hard, go and press him. I think I played up front for a little bit in that game as well. He just wanted some energy just to go and press him and try and stop him pumping long balls up. I remember coming on and just thinking, like, Everything else is irrelevant when you come on, when, when, you, when you play football, like the fans and the crowd and how many people are there and how much money. It's, it's just a job. As soon as you step over that white line, I, I can't really hear anything. I, like Nothing else bothers me. I'm just concentrating on the football. But surely from your point of view, all your family's there. Yeah. It's a kind of reward for them as well because they've backed you 
coming all the way through yeah, from where you've come from. It's a reward for them to go to Wembley to see their son playing football. Yeah, my mum, dad and granddad go to every game. Been to every game, like I'd say 95% of games in my career. Even when I was playing at Hereford, it's, it's like a four-hour drive. Yeah. And they'd all get a six-hour train and they go to away games and come watch me at Hereford and stuff. And like I say, just be playing at Wembley. All my friends were there. My family were there. Um, just just get that opportunity. Like I've only cried a couple of times in my in my life. And that's probably the only one time in my career that I've actually cried just after that game, just getting promoted and getting in the Premier League. Just like, wow. I remember just being on the pitch and just thinking, we'll be playing in the Premier League. Walking around the pitch before the game, do you know where all your friends and family are? Uh, no, because my mum and dad and granddad were actually sat behind the dugouts, I think. And then my friends and my brother were sat behind the goal on one side. Um, so I don't think I knew where my family were I think but I didn't know where my friends were so after the game I actually went up to see my family give them a hug when we got promoted and then I remember going around the pitch after the game and seeing my uh, friends uh, seeing my brother and my friends in the crowd after just unbelievable day an unbelievable night as well after it well that's when I come soon party massive party yeah the, obviously I did, in the hotel we were staying at I think it was the landmark down London they booked a private room obviously for the celebrations, hoping you're going to go up. Obviously, Chef Wednesday would have done the same in their hotel, got everything booked. So before you have to plan it and say, you can only bring like four family, four guests or something to the after party if you get promoted. So you have to write the names down, who's coming and stuff. Um, so yeah, if we'd got beat, it would have been devastating because a lot of people come down. But once we got promoted and we just got in that room, I think it was basically a free for all. I ended up getting all my friends and family and I ended up having 12 or 15 people in there. Yeah. Free drinks and singing on the microphone. It's just honestly one of the best best days and best nights of my life. Just and just like I say, we're great, great dressing room, great lads. Like Jack Grealish, really probably just won't go, don't want to go back, do you? Just, just keep don't, it back. don't want it to stop. I was in the, I was getting the train home the next day and I was still in the clothes from the night before. I still have a medal around my neck, walking through the train station. It was just honestly I think Michael Dawson was doing cartwheels in the foyer of the hotel at like four in the morning. Happy <laughs> days. <laughs> it's un unbelievable. So you've got all the excitement of the summer, Galway holidays, buzzing, Premiership. Hull City didn't really have a go at this, did they? Probably the only one of the times in my career that I probably didn't want to go on holiday. I just wanted to go straight into football because I knew I just wanted the fixtures to come out and I just wanted to go and play in the Premier League. I'd have gone and played the day after the playoff final and played in the Premier League if I could. But yeah, going on holiday, just the whole excitement about it. Just can't wait to get back into pre-season. Like I said, the fixtures come out. And then you come back and it's just like there's talks ongoing with like coming out in the news that Steve Bruce is Steve Bruce might be leaving, he's fell out with the owners, not being backed, selling some players. And then you're looking at it thinking, right, it's a bit of a bit sweet here because we've got to the Premier League. I'm obviously on cloud nine. Can't wait. But we're not signing any players. The manager that signed me and I really got on with and liked, he's gone. So I'm like, who are they bringing in now? Am I going to play? Am I going to be sold? Like I say, a lot of the experienced heads and top players have been released. We're not replacing them with anyone. So it's just like, we're going to play in the Premier League, but we're not, we've not really got a fighting chance, to be honest with you. Well, you have group chats then, WhatsApp? Yeah, we had group chats. We had uh, a lot of meetings with the recruitment guy at the time who was saying, yeah, the chairman's putting loads of bids in. We've got bids in for these players, these players. We're going to, we'll have a team, we'll have a team. 
Um, and then it come to it and we didn't really have a team. The starting 11, I would say we had 13, 14 players that were really good. But everyone knows in the Premier League, that's not enough. You need a lot more than that. You can have injuries and stuff. And like I say, we, we it, gave us, it gave us like a siege mentality within the group because we knew we was up against it. The fans knew we was up against it. So there was no pressure on us. So every game was going into, they were like amazing singing and just backing us no matter what happened. We could have got beat 15 nil on the opening game and the fans would have still been behind us because we've gone in there with our hands tied behind our back really. But we actually started the season beating Leicester that won the league the year before. Um, and then, yeah, just for me, unbelievable season playing the Premier League, like, unbelievable experience. But like I say, a bit sweet one because got relegated with Hull, a team that I loved playing for. It was the best time in my career. Do you think the turning point was losing Steve Bruce? I think that obviously the players, the, the seeds planted straight away, isn't it? Who's yeah. coming in? Am I going to be playing? Am yeah. I going to still be here? Who's going? Who's staying? Yeah, it's... and you're on you're on high from getting promoted the year before with Steve Bruce. Mm. All the players loved him. Even if you weren't playing, he was always honest with you and a good guy to have around. And he like all the lads loved him and enjoyed playing with him. And that's that's half the battle. Having a team that just want to run through a brick wall for you is half the battle nowadays. And he was the best at that. And going into the Premier League with him would have had a good chance, and he'd have been able to attract the right signings and players. But obviously he must have known stuff that the players didn't yeah. want privy to with the chairman and stuff. So whatever they were talking about, it broke down and one thing led to another and he ended up leaving. Well, you sold Maguire, the army, went to Newcastle, Snodgrass, Livermore. These are heart of the team here now, aren't they? Heart of the team and massive players for us. Massive players, unbelievable careers, unbelievable players. Not only that, just unbelievable in the dressing room as well. That's the big thing. And that's that's massive. Yeah. You've already stated that, that, haven't you? Yeah, the season before. You need players like that around you all the time, especially when we've got like young lads like, like myself. I've never kicked a ball in the Premier League. I didn't know what I was doing up there, playing in the Premier League. I come from Debenhams. You need them players around you to put an arm around you and just help you along in games and just always talking. So to not have that in the dressing room and not have the manager, it's just, like, yeah. what do you do? It's, you need these players when you're looking around, you're 2-0 down, 1-0 down, whatever. You're looking around for guidance, you're looking around for help, 100%. experience. And it's these guys that are going to dig you out. 100%. They, they've been there, they've done yeah. it. And they, 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 they know what they're doing. And we didn't. We just didn't have that. Got a great start for you. Got this one right. So you scored in the Premiership for Hull. So that's five consecutive seasons you've played in all top divisions and scored. Yeah. Not many people have done that. No, scored in every league. And then, yeah. I think I'm the only player to play in five leagues in five years. Wow. Obviously, there's a lot of players that have played in all the leagues, I think like Jamie Vardy and stuff, and the lad now at Luton, Latin Panzu, I think he's played every league with Luton, which is an unbelievable feat. But yeah, I've played in five leagues in five years. Just got to move every year to the Championship and then end up getting promoted with Hull, which is, like I say, it's unbelievable to... Can't see that being beaten, you know? I really can't. No. No, no it's something that I'm really proud of. Like I say, it's something that I never thought, never, ever thought, it's someone Someone would have said to me, what's the highest you, you think you could play at when I was in conference? I would say maybe League One if I get lucky, because like I say, I wasn't 18, 19, I was 23, 24. And you think you have to be really young to be playing at the top level and get moves, but I ended up getting there. And like I say, I was 25, 24 playing the Premier League. It's just unbelievable. And again, people ask me, what's the hardest league and the easiest league you've played in? I say the Premier League's the easiest I've played in. And they're like, no chance. And I'm like, I just felt easy for me. I played as a six. I never played as a six, but I got fortunate to play there because we sold all these players and played well in pre-season and played as a six. And I just 
I just found that, that level was comfortable for me. I just really enjoyed it. Was playing really well. Ended up getting a move off the back of it, which validates me thinking I'm playing well. And I'm my biggest critic. I know when I'm playing well and not. So I know I was playing well that season and really good. Um, and yeah, I just found it just suited my level and suited my game to play there. And it, I just I just didn't think I was out of my depth playing at that level. Swansea come calling. You don't make the transfer fee, but it validates how well you played. Yeah, yeah, it was a crazy summer because I loved my time at Hull and I wouldn't have gone to another championship club. I would have stayed at Hull. They offered me actually pretty much match the deal that Swansea gave me, to be honest with you. They were desperate to keep me. And I partly wanted to stay for what they've done to me. They like, they changed my life, like give me a chance at the Premier League. And like I said, I would have gone to another, another championship club, but it was the Premier League again. And I'll try to explain it to people. Obviously, the fans, some fans weren't happy or whatever, but a lad from my position where I've come from, just to get the chance to play one game in the Premier League is unbelievable. To get the chance to go and play two seasons in there, I'd had a taste of it and I just wanted to go back and play in it. And it was just something that I was just, as soon as teams were coming in, because I think Burnley, Burnley were interested. Um, spoke to Sean Dyche and they were interested and I was going to go there. But I think Swansea just sold Sigurdsson that year for like 50 million. So Hall knew they had money. Um, so Hall were just trying to squeeze every little bit out of them, I think, in the in the summer. So at first they were trying to ask, like those telling the agent they wanted like 20 million from me. And my agent was like, listen, the lad just wants to play in the Premier League. You obviously know where he's come from. You could offer him 200 grand a week. He's not going to stay. He just wants to play in the Premier League. It's not about the money. Um, and they were like, oh, we want 20 million for him. And it's like, you paid a million for him. That's not, like, he's got to be in middle ground where we meet. So it ended up going on for a long time. Um, I was still playing for Hull at the time. And then, yeah, Swansea ended up, the deal ended up getting done and going there. Like I say, the, the transfer fee is nothing to do with me. No. If, if a team's willing to pay that, they're willing to pay that. I, I just want to go there and play and play football. That's when I get my head down and play football. So, whatever so, it was. You go Swansea. They've just told, sold the marquee player in Sigerson. Fans' favourite. Played well there. Pressure's on. Were you not a replacement for him or were there fans looking at you straight away thinking, right, Sam's a replacement for Sigerson? It's an uphill battle straight away. One, the transfer fee. Like, everyone's looking at going, how much they're paying for him? He's only played one season in the Premier League, which I, I fully understand. I get all that, by the way. And then again, I'm not a replacement for Sigurdsson because I was playing as a six. I saw myself as a holding midfielder there where he was a more of an attacking one, scoring and creating goals. So I was going in there as a holding midfielder. But there's nothing I can do about Fans them. won't see that. Fans won't see that. There's nothing I could do about the comparison. They were just saying, he's coming in for Gilfie Sigurdsson. But I'm playing as a six. And then obviously, like, I actually started well. The first game we played was Crystal Palace away. And I believe I got man of the match, voted by the fans playing that game. I remember getting tweeted saying I got voted man of the match. Played well. Um, but how is in football? If, if you play well and get beat, people think you don't play well. They, don't, they just see the results. And obviously the transfer fee. Everything was just stacked up against me going there, to be honest with you. Were you looking on social media then or learning to stay aware? Uh, I was a little bit, to be honest. Um, yeah, I was looking, probably at the start of it, I was looking, because I had a good start, I was playing well. Um, and then, yeah, as soon as you start losing games and the struggling, then you just become an easy target, which is just how it is in football. Um, the, the transfer fee, the fact they got rid of, rid of Sigurdsson, but we had a lot of like big names at the, at the club at the time. 
So we was all in it together. We had like Renato Sanchez and stuff that signed and, and players like that, which are obviously a lot bigger names than I was at the time that weren't doing well. But the majority of the slack I felt, you fell on my shoulders Who at the time. Who were from that season for Swansea? Um, who we have up top? Is it Jordan Ayew and Andre Ayew were there? Um, Borny had gone then? Boney signed. Uh, I think he signed in January. Off I think. Yeah, yeah Wolf Boney signed late because we were struggling. Um, Tommy Abrams signed. He played. He was really good for us there. And then, yeah, Wilfred Boney signed. But yeah, just again, the squad we had in the club, and I thought we'd stay in the Premier League 100%, like really good club, good fans, good training ground. The first two months I moved there, I didn't really enjoy it because it was miles only away from football. It was miles away from home. It took me six hours to get home once after international break. It was raining every day. And then by the end of it, regardless of what the fans thought of me and the relationship we had, I actually loved it there. Like, beautiful place to live. Like, play football the proper way. Like, really good club. If you can get that club in the right direction and playing well, I can imagine it being, yeah. like, really, really good. And I had some good games there. Like, scored a couple of goals against Arsenal. And the stats, yeah. They were you like me. playing Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, they were tweeting me saying I was brilliant and I was putting my name up on cafes and stuff, like, outside. So I had some good times there. It's just, you end up getting relegated... And like I say, the, the transfer fees, the ma a major part of it. Of course, there's some games where I didn't play very well. 100%, I'd take that on the chin. I know when I've not played well, but there's a lot of games where I actually thought I played well. And we've probably lost, but like I say, the fans aren't bothered about that. They just see the result and see the transfer fee, but I enjoyed it. But I've, I've always said I've got nothing against Swansea fans. I've scored a few goals against them and had a bit of banter with them, but there's no, there's no hard feelings there. I actually enjoyed my time playing there. Paul Clement, manager. Yeah. First managerial job for him, wasn't it? Because he was assistant at Real Madrid, Chelsea. Yeah, he was, yeah. Big name, wasn't he? He's, he's had all the big stars. Yeah. Claude McAuley was there at the time as well as one of the coaches. And obviously I was playing as a six there. So I just couldn't wait to get and learn from him and, and play under him. Was well, he a good coach? Yeah, really good coach. There was all really good coaches. Paul Clement's a really good coach. Um, obviously been working at the top level and learned a lot. But yeah, it was difficult because I come in there and I just started off as a six and then when things start getting difficult, I brought back Leon Britton, started playing there a bit more. Obviously been there a few years, really good player, really really great guy as well. So I'd get moved to left wing and then I'd play in a front three, which is where I scored a couple of goals, play left back. And you end up just getting moved around a lot because I've always been versatile and can play in a lot of positions, which has helped me in my career, but it's also hindered me at some points because I've never really nailed down one position where I can say, a team signed me and he goes, he's a six, he's playing as a six, where I signed as a six, left winger gets injured, or play Sam there. Even though I've played well for the last five games of the six and I really enjoy it and I don't see myself as a winger, I get pushed out there and I'll do a job, but it's not something I enjoy and can, and can play really well at. So it's, it's just difficult just getting moved around and obviously, the, like, like I said, it was a really difficult period. Talking to Paul Clement, I mean, obviously he had great success as being an assistant manager. What was his man management like? After, especially coming after Steve Bruce, who was a good man manager. Uh, it wasn't as good as Steve Bruce, I would say. I would say his main attribute was his coaching. Mm -hmm. I thought he, for me, he's more suited to being a coach rather than the manager, which is probably why he's gone, probably gone back to coaching now yeah. and not really carried on uh, as a manager. But like I said, some of the sessions he put on were really good and as a coach, really, really good. But my management side, 
wasn't the best. Uh, but it was just a difficult period for everybody, really. Um, like I say, the, the results weren't going well. It was down, down near the bottom, and it just puts pressure on everyone. And I feel like a couple of times he'd change. It was like it was almost like he was listening to the fans because right. the fans would be calling for like Leon Britton to come back and play or change a formation, and then suddenly next game, it, someone's playing that the fans have been shouting for. Or we've changed formation, and it's just like you just cater into the fans here to try and keep them happy rather than stick to your guns. So it sounded like he might have been on the forums and stuff. You know yeah, I mean? probably <laughs> was, yeah. See, see what was going on because that's the worst thing a manager can do yeah. is trying to appease the fans in that yeah. way. Because he know, might not have been that, but from my yeah. point of view, that's, that's just my opinion. I, I thought he did that on a couple of couple of occasions. But like I say, it was just, just the pressure when, you, when you're in a pressure environment like that. Yeah. And there's so much money involved at the top level. Managers and players should try and do everything they can just to, just to keep the club in there. I'd have loved to played the Premier League again and kept Swansea up. Like I say, I actually really enjoyed that. Regardless of what people think, and people think, oh, he must have hated it because he celebrates against them. I actually really enjoyed playing there. Beautiful place. Some amazing people, like, so passionate because it's on its own, really. Everyone that works at Swansea and everyone around there, they're just from Swansea. It's not like they travel from a long way. They're all proper Swansea people. So the kit lady, the kit man, the chefs, like, unbelievable people. Can't do enough for you to help you settle in and stuff like that. The player liaison was taking me to the hairdressers. Even though I had my own car and stuff, he'd come and pick me up from my house and take me to the hairdressers and take me food shopping and stuff. He couldn't do enough for me, honestly. Like, such an amazing place. And I loved it, but like I say, just the way it went and how it all panned out, it just never worked out. So, how does it work? Because like me, I'm a fan, so I want more. So once I get relegated, do they go to your agent or you and say, look, Sam, we might need to get you off the books. We might need to sell you. There's a bid in. Is there any of that sort of conversation? End of season? Yeah, so I think the conversation that, from what I heard from agent was the club said, basically, everyone's for sale. If a bid's coming for anybody or anyone wants to move, they can move. Because I know a lot of the lads didn't have relegation clauses in the contract. So a lot of the, a lot of the players would have, was on like massive money, like really big money for, for a club like that. I wasn't on nowhere near that, regardless of the transfer fee, but a lot of people were on massive money and they didn't have relegation clauses. So they'd have been in the championship on like ridiculous, like six figures a week, like ridiculous money. So I know they were trying to get rid of them out. And they just basically said to me, agent, if, if a bid comes in for him or he wants to leave, then it's a conversation that we're, we're willing to have. And obviously the relationship with the fans wasn't going great. So it was a situation where if a bid came in, the club would probably move me on yeah, because the fans already didn't, didn't like me anyway. And we just got relegated. It was the next season in the championship would have been even more difficult for me. I felt like I'd had to go and prove myself again and had a really good season just to try and turn the fans around. So it was like a team came in, like Stoke. Again, we nearly went to Burnley. Uh, teams were coming in and we was talking to teams and it was just like, well, if this opportunity comes in, basically like a mutual agreement, the club were like, yeah, if we get what we want for him, um, we'll, we'll let him go. And I was just like, well, if they're willing to let me go, they obviously don't want to keep me. The relationship broke down with fans. Like I said before, it's a massive, it's enjoyable when you're going out there and the fans love you and they're singing your name. It's difficult when you're going out there and, and they're booing you as one of the home players. It's not, it's not a nice feeling. So as much as I'd like to, I've gone and proved them wrong because that's something that has got, to, got me to where I am and got to in my career is that burning desire to prove people wrong at every level. Every level people are like, he's no good for this level, he's not good enough. Or he gets released, we're releasing him. I've always wanted to prove people wrong and prove to people that I can play at that. So there's nothing more that I'd like to stay at Swansea 
and had a really good season and after fans singing my name and going, oh, actually, he's a good player, we just didn't give him enough opportunity. But you've also got to think of yourself as well and your family, haven't you? I have, yeah. And it was just, like I say, it was just basically a mutual agreement. The club wanted to move me on, really. Mm. Um, and I was going I was going as well. And the opportunity came. But you end up, you start not to enjoy it as well. Yeah. Because you're thinking, you start to look at games, I'm only surmising you, but you're looking at games ahead and you're thinking, oh, it's going to be the same again on Saturday. Yeah. So you start to... Not enjoy it as much football, don't you? And that's sometimes you, you look for that new challenge because, yeah. again, you've hit every challenge head on, haven't you? At yeah. that point, like I say, you're playing and you it's difficult. I come from high, I've been at Hull for two years, where like the best time in my life, like playing football, regardless of getting relegated and stuff. It was just for me to play in the Premier League for the first time, I was just on a high every game. And then you go into that environment where you've already had the taste of it now, that's wore off a little bit. And you want to get back to enjoying it and winning games and you're struggling you're not winning games and then you've got just the, the whole like downward spiral that the club's going in and it's just a hard, it's not you end up just getting drawn into that and it becomes a, not an enjoyable environment to be around well i'm gonna upset a few people here so you signed for stalk six million pound in august 2018 i'm gonna say the biggest club you played for there's a fan base yeah yeah, I'd I think probably agree. Massive. Yeah, yeah, huge club. Bigger, I think if the ground were bigger, we'll fill it more. But when you're signing from, I'm looking at this now. Who signed in the three, first three months you were there, and I'm thinking these are going to win, win the league. James McLean come, Tom Ince, Danny Bath, Peter Roberto, and Sam Bulks, as well as the players they already had there. I'm thinking now, someone going one way this. Unbelievable. I was thinking the same thing. Obviously, my agent had a couple, a couple of teams interested, um, and he mentioned Stoke. And I did the same as you. I looked at the team sheet. It was people like Charlie Adam, Peter Crouch, Bojan had been at Barcelona. Just some unbelievable names there. And I'm thinking, if I go there and sign a three or four year deal, we're going to get back into the Premier League in that with that team. 100%. All day long. Yeah. All day long. It's a massive club. The owners are brilliant. Fan base is good. Training ground's good. I'm thinking, just literally perfect for me to step back into back into the championship try and enjoy it again winning games and then <laughs> five years later they're still in the championship and I've seen a turnaround of players like which is unbelievable I'm going to go with this then so they've spent 30 million that summer players already there like you said going to the stock people know they've been in premiership for ages are you a scout? All the players, Stoke, like the teams coming to the Britannia, they're like raising the game. 100%, yeah. Especially when you get the teams that have maybe just come up or the lower teams, they're coming in there and they're seeing the players that we've got on the team sheet and they're like, if we can come in, it gives them an extra 1% or 2% and that's all you need in games sometimes, especially if we're not all at it because we're not playing well and everything's going against us at the minute. And they're coming to the stadium and, like I said, it's a big stadium, full house, fans singing, beautiful pitch. They're like, listen, we can turn these over here. And like I say, it gives them extra extra incentive to come beat us. And it's it's difficult at times. Harder than the premiership. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Which, unless you've played in that, people won't understand or know no. that, will they? No. The championships are relentless. Yeah. It really is. And it's it's cup tie football every week, isn't it? Yeah. End to end, it's like it, wear and tear. It's the most, the most enjoyable league I've played in, mm -hmm. 100%. Just because you've got teams that... The team at the bottom can beat the team at the top. 
Exactly. On the Saturday, yeah. whereas the Premier League, you don't really get that. The team at the bottom plays against the team at the top. And I've been in the situation and you go and you're 5-4-1, you set up just behind the ball. It's not enjoyable to play and you get 10 touches a game playing against Man City. You know you're not going to score, you're banking on a set piece. It's not enjoyable, but the championship, like you say, it's just relentless. Saturday, Tuesday, you've got to be on it every game because every team's coming, you know they can turn you over. And it's just, just so enjoyable to play in, really enjoyable. Good football. Great football, Good yeah. football, and like you said, probably more entertaining than the Premier League. And and the riches are so much to get promoted out of that league. Yeah. Everyone's just desperate to get out. So it's just such a good league to play and really enjoyable. What do you think didn't click that first season when you had that? I don't know. It's one of the best teams in the league on paper, didn't you? I'm not the only one that's been trying to put my finger on that. No. There's been a lot of managers that have been there. I'm guessing the chairman's been trying to put his finger on it for years. The only thing I could think is we had so many players and so many good players that we was leaving like full internationals out of squads on match days. Like full international players that have played like 500 games at the top level. Couldn't get in match day squads. And end up becoming an environment, not saying they're bad eggs, but it becomes an environment where you've got 28, 29 players that realistically can walk into any other team in the championship and be playing every week that aren't playing, but they're on big money and they're not playing. So they've got it in against the manager they're getting weekends off, they're just training, they're, like, they're not enjoying it, but they're getting paid well. So, and they're coming towards the end of the careers, so no one else is gonna pay them that money, so they're not leaving. They've got another year or two years left on the deal, and you get an environment where the managers come in, he's like, I wanna get rid of them, but you can't, because they're on such big money, and no one's gonna take them on that money, and they're not gonna walk. The manager wants to sign players, so he's bringing his own players in. Doesn't go well, he gets sacked. New manager comes in, he's in the same situation. Even more players there. Even now. more players there. He wants to get rid of them. He wants to bring another six or seven in. The chairman, so good. They just fund the managers, the back the man, every manager they've had to back them. Yeah, go and sign your players. And it just becomes a vicious cycle where you're bringing players in, bringing players in, like top class players on good money. But you get so many there and it's just, it just doesn't click. It's not working. And that's the only thing I can and put it down to. And, Ends up being an embarrassment of riches, really. It does, yeah. And like I say, every t- I talk to friends and people come and play us and I talk to lads that play for other teams and they're like, your team sheet's unbelievable. And I'm like, I know, it's not good enough. We're losing every week and it's frustrating to be part of that because obviously I'm, I've played a lot of games for Stoke and really enjoyed my time, loved my time playing there. Still live around in the area, but it's just like, I wanted to get it right so much there. But we end up just fighting battles like every... Every season, just 15th and 16th finishes, which is nowhere near good enough for the size of the club, the players that were at the club, the money that was spent. And at some point, you've got to look at yourselves and go, maybe it's the players, because the manager, manager's changed a lot. There's been a lot of staff change, but just one thing or another's just not clicked. And I think they've probably done the right thing this summer. The manager's probably seen that, seen what's happened in the previous years, and gone, you know what, we probably need a full turnaround here. Yeah. So there's been a lot of staff Behind the scenes, yeah, it needs a reset. A lot of staff behind the scenes that are gone. There's a lot of players that are out of contract that are just gone. And he was always honest with me, top guys, honest with a lot, all the players there. And he just said the club needed a reset. And I couldn't, I probably couldn't agree more with you, to be honest. Although I'd have loved to have signed another year and played there. And like I say, because I enjoyed it, he's probably right. Probably a reset needed for me. And probably a reset needed for the club as well. Good manager, I think, given the chance, you know, getting his own players in, yeah. getting getting the structure probably behind the scenes as well, the way he wants it. 100%, yeah. I think going forward, they'll, they'll benefit from that. And the, like I said before, the owners are good. They give managers time. Yeah. 
And I think they've realised over the last few years that they're just the turnaround's like, it's just too much. So they just hopefully stick with this manager. He's going to do well. Like I said, there's been a total reset. There's probably only four or five players there now that I played with last year. And the amount of players that I've seen through the doors in, in the five years I've been there has been incredible. Like some players just come The leaving part every week. Leaving part is, <laughs> honestly, it's on a mental, place is mental. So hopefully they've got a bit more stability now yeah. and they can kick on from there because, like I said, the club's got everything it needs to. It should be in the Premier League, the size, like I say, the size of the club, fan base, the owners, just everything is just in place and it just needs to get it right. Sam, what was it like playing? We've already said Britannia can be a great stadium full. What was it like COVID time, empty? It's about three six five now, um, but yeah, it was very quiet, airy. It's almost like playing reserve games. You can hear everyone shout. Can you hear the voices then? And less people. You can hear the voices then. So normally, if you're not playing so well and the manager's shouting, you can just not look at him because you can just blame the crowd noise. But when it's empty and he's shouting at you to try and kick you up the arse a bit, you can't really ignore him. So you have to. But it's, yeah, it's crazy period of time, not just for footballers, but for everyone like in the world. And to be playing football at the time, it was just luckily to still be playing, really. Yeah. And we should be locked out in the in the house, but to still be playing football was really good. Um, but again, it was a diff difficult season for us. We ended, ended up just staying up. But yeah, just dead eerie, just the silence, just been used to the last six, seven years playing in front of crowds, big crowds. And you lose a bit of that motivation, really. Before the game, you go out to warm up and it's just not there, do you know? Like you get the, you can hear the crowd that was singing in the, the bus. Yeah, you can... know, I, I think it affected the bigger clubs obviously more yeah, because you, you do you rely on your fans. Yeah, they, like you said, there's times when you go out there and you're struggling that little yeah. bit. It's them that get you through it with their support. And it's their like when noise. you can see the goal, there's no noise. No, like, there's no fans. Like, come on, like yeah, he just conceded. And it's just like oh, we just conceded. Whereas if you conceded, it's a full house and they're all screaming like lads, come on, yeah, like, yourself back into. Oh, same as you score a goal, you score a goal, you celebrate. There's no one in the crowd. You don't feel like celebrating. You score and you just stand there and it's just like, it's a bit dead strange. Yeah, dead weird. As much as we spoke about needing experience on the pitch, we need your fans behind you as well at times. 100%, yeah. You know, and there's times you're looking for them to get you going to, you know. Both sides of it, the good yeah. side and the bad side, because yeah. it give you a kick up the arse sometimes when, yeah. they, when, when you need it. Well, Sam, we're coming to an end. You're fit as a fiddle, ready to go. You can't sign for another team yet until you do John's Rapid 15. Well, just before we do the rapid 15, I mean, it's, like you said, five years at Stoke, really enjoyed your time. Last couple of years, injuries, et cetera, you know what I mean? Probably maybe didn't go as well as you wanted, but you're fit as a federal now ready to play. Yeah, I think all them games that you listed off there, playing 52 and 48, I think they've all caught up to me. 131 games you played at Stoke. Yeah, like I said, I never had a um, muscle injury, you know, until I was 30. Yeah. It's crazy. I never had a muscle injury. And then suddenly, like I said, last two years have not been enjoyable for myself because I'm not, I want to be out on the pitch. I'm no good sitting behind the scenes and watching the games. I just want to be out there playing. So it's been really frustrating. Last year, I had a back operation. It was only a minor back operation, but it kept me out for half the season, basically. And that, that was the end of my contract then. And that's been the most difficult part because trying to get a new team now off the back of that, not playing many games is difficult. And I need to try and prove to people that I'm still fit and can still get around and still good enough to be playing. But they're coming off the back of that. It's, it's a difficult you're still period. You're a young man. You're still got, you've got plenty left in the tank. You're ready to go. You're hungry. You want a game of football. I still get ideas for Red Bull, so I still think I'm a young man. <laughs> Do you know what? I've just thought of something. 
he's Davy Moore's love child, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> A ringer, isn't it? I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I've seen some pictures of him as a young kid. It's not great. You played with him. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big Davies, my, my pal. And it's... Uh, I don't know about that one. It's like, a bad show. Uh, yeah, it's a bad show. <laughs> but now, yeah, I'm ready Shocker. to go. Hopefully get a new club this season yeah. and kick on again and get back to enjoying football and, and playing week in, week out. Well, you obviously love the game. You do. Your heart's in the game. You love the game. You just want to be playing the game. Yeah. And hopefully it works out for you. That's for sure. I appreciate it. Thank you very so, much. That brings us to... The Rapid 15. So, Rory McIlroy or Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods. The Open or the Masters? The Open. Tea or coffee? Tea. Favourite manager? That I've played with under? Whatever. Steve Bruce. Old or new Wembley? New. Favourite all-time player? Paul Scholes. First result you look for it on a Saturday? I'd won this, isn't it? Come Lincoln on. City. Sorry? Lincoln City. Lincoln City. That's a bit of a fence one. <laughs> PGA or Live Golf? A PGA. Best stadium played in? Wembley. Ronaldo or Messi? Messi. Lynx or Parkland Golf? Lynx. Favourite team growing up? Man United. Hole in one? No, God. not yet. A player of your calibre, no. Today. Wow. Favourite golf course played? Ooh, St Andrews. Night out or a game of golf? <laughs> both. You say both? No. <laughs> golf. Nice one. Sam, that concludes the luck, uh, the rapid 15. I was going to say lucky 15. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot of things wrong today, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> but no, you've been an absolute pleasure. And... Uh, Let's go on that course and see what you can do. I would say I can't wait, but where I've been playing recently, it's not going to look good. Oh, that's it. We've heard this, but get the vibe right now. Here oh, we go. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.